women rise up. And I know this is mostly to the women, but you men, put yourself in this situation, but I'm only going to be speaking, you know, in the, towards the women this morning. So in this generation, we need women to rise up and be the prayer warriors that they need to be. I saw a quote on, on Facebook, and it says, we live in a society of victims. If I'm a victim, I am not responsible. And if I am not responsible, then it's not sin. By removing myself from a position of responsibility, I remove myself from a position of correcting the situation. And that is exactly what this world we live in today. People do not want to be responsible for anything. And I, myself, I'm tired of the excuse-making society and, and that we have an excuse for anything and everything. So God might be tugging at your heart, and he might be saying, he may say, you know, I want you to go talk to that stranger. And then in your heart, you may be saying, but God, they might judge me. I don't even know what's the right thing to say to that person. And the first person that came to mind was Moses when God told him to go to Pharaoh. But, 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 but God, I st- stutter. He always had an excuse for anything and everything. He had his reasons. God might be saying, give your last money of the month or week to that missionary that, that you've allotted for food or for fun. And you say, but God, I need to eat. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. I need to have some food for this week. Or, Lord, I've already made plans for that money. I can give you many examples. But if you become a person of excuses, you do not give yourself a chance to grow. Let God show you how big he is. There's so many stories when people said yes to God, and then they watched God do even bigger and greater things for them. And I always think of these people. When they get to heaven, are you going to give the Lord a bunch of excuses of why not? Why didn't we step out and talk to that stranger? Why didn't you take time to go the extra mile for that person? You can name it. You fill in the blank of your why nots. And I encourage you, we need to raise up a future women to be brave and to stand strong for God so that God can do big things. No matter your age, all he wants is a willing heart. He wants us to be willing to obey, and obeying him, it comes with being brave sometimes and getting out of our comfort zone. So I started thinking, what are some women in the Bible that had to step out and be brave? One person that came to my mind was Ruth. Ruth said she, she could have gone back to her own people. She could have done her own thing. And most of you know the story of Ruth. In Ruth 1.16, it says, um, she was saying to Naomi, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And your people shall be my people, and your God will be my God. And later in that story, it's amazing how God used her to, um, to do what God wanted her to do. Naomi told her later in the story, I want you to go and lay at Boaz's feet. Now, if my mother-in-law told me to go lay at a man's feet, I would probably look at her like she's crazy and say, are you kidding me? You want me to do what? And, but you know, she said she was a woman. I can just see her as a woman that with an obedient heart and she did it. And so who knew laying at a man's feet, it would lead into a legacy of King David, which leads into Jesus just because she didn't make an excuse of why she didn't want to do something. She obeyed God and God rewarded her. The other person that came to mind was Esther. 
Esther, she trusted her uncle. And when he, and then she went to the palace. Again, y'all probably know the story of Esther. And she did what the Lord told her to do, even if it meant her life being in jeopardy. She went before the king, even when she was not summoned. And in, in obeying her, her uh, and in obeying God, her people were saved. Now, these two stories have two people. Uh, they had choices. They had choices to make. The one thing that they have in common is that they were listening to people that were older in, in their generation. For Esther, it was her uncle. And for Ruth, it was her mother-in-law. And they were listening, she was, they were listening to their counsel, okay? And I believe in this society, it's gotten to the point where everybody thinks they know it all, right? They, they know everything. They don't need anybody to help them. I can do it on my own. And that's kind of what America tries to push upon people. Pull yourself up. Do it yourself. Make it great. You can do this. Go do this. You know, you be the one. But in reality, God wants us to lean on our own older generation to teach us and to train us. God has put wise people in our path to help us. Let me get to my scripture. Psalms 71, 18 says, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. And then in Titus 2, 1 through 5 says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-control, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent. Give me just a second. In behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. To be self-control, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge your younger men to be self-control. In this world we live in, it's now the respect is gone down from one another. So I encourage you ladies, you women of God, rise up. No matter your age, no matter where you are, rise up. So at the pastor's retreat, they were teaching us, and we learned so much. And I'm going to need some volunteers. So, Miss Sandy, will you come and help me this morning? Actually, I'm going to need a few. Miss Connie, will you help me? I need Connie, you just stand here, and you are going to be the mentor, all right? Miss Sandy, you're going to stand here, all right? And Destiny, will you come help me? And Juanita, will you come help me this morning as well? I want you to be beside her. So, Miss Connie, if you'll turn, I'm going to just kind of move. You turn this way. Actually, I'm sorry, turn around. You turn. You're facing her. You face her. I need you beside your mom. That length arms. I need you beside her. Length arms. All right. Miss Chloe, will you come help me this morning? I need you standing behind her. So, I'm painting a picture. Miss Connie is the mentor. She's mentoring Sandy. Sandy needs her guidance and, and is teaching her. But along this journey, 
You need some cheerleaders. You need somebody to rah-rah you on and to encourage you on. So we're going to put Destiny and Juanita in that spot. And they're here to help her. When she's down, they're going to lift her up. When she's high, they're going to woo celebrate with her, okay? And then if she's wrong, y'all, this is a hard one because we want to always be nice and loving to everybody. And you can do it in a loving way. I'm not saying ever to be mean to one another. But there are times... As a child, we need to be corrected, right? And we need to be kind of put in our place and, hey, you're getting on the wrong track. So that's what our, our, our sidekicks, our friends, and those need to be godly women, godly people that put in your life to say, hey, I want you to help me. I want you to make me a better woman of God, okay? And because and, and, we're not meant to do this on, on our own. If you remember in the Bible, he always sent us out by twos, right? Moses needed a sidekick, yeah, I say this because, you know, those of you who are interested in Marvel and, and what's it called? Anyway, the, the superheroes, there's always a sidekick, right? You need that sidekick to help you get, in, get out of trouble, right? You know, Batman needs Robin, right? I can't think of any other ones. Honey, you may have to help me out. Uh, Superman, well, he don't need anybody, but <laughs> that's a bad example. <laughs> I said that for my husband. He's a big Superman. Only one I could think of was Batman. But I'm sure there's others out there that need, you need a sidekick. You need someone to help you along the way, right? And then Miss Chloe back here. What do you think she is? She's not a catcher. She's following her. And you can have many. You can have one. You can have five. You can have ten. It could be your kids. It can be the person at the grocery store. It could be the lady at the church. She's watching you. And she's watching everything you do. And this is like a support team of saying, you know what? I'm going to listen to my mentor. I'm going to listen to my cheerleaders because I want to be the best for whoever is following me. And 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 seeing the the, I'm getting my tongue tied. I'm sorry. Uh, seeing the legacy that is being left behind. Because this generation, dear Lord, needs it. If y'all all agree with me there, right? We need strong women of God to speak in to my kids and younger kids and every generation that comes back. Because then that's going to be her. She's going to be in Sandy's spot one day. And we pray to God that this will continue on so that the legacy will never, never die. Thank you, ladies. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you. Didn't they do a good job? Everybody give them a hand. (laughs) When they see you, will they see an excuse maker? Or will they see a woman walking by faith who's not afraid to stand on God's word, who is willing to speak the truth, even if it hurts? We were talking about that this morning in Sunday school, that you can speak the truth. You, you don't have to be hurtful in a loving way, in a caring way. If you, hang on, I got a story. Okay, story time. Okay, so this story, I learned about it um, this week. I went to Texas. Um, I helped a lady out who's mostly blind. She's dealing with cancer, and she wanted to see a doctor down there. And we got to spend time with my mom because it worked out. It was her birthday that Tuesday, so we celebrated her birthday. And we got to talking, telling stories. And, and so she told this story, which I never knew. I never knew this story. And I said, Mom, can I use this story in my sermon? She's like, yes. I said, thank you, because this is awesome. So those of you who do, do not know me, I have two half-brothers. And my oldest brother 
um, when I was about 12, 13-ish, um, he let my parents know that he was a homosexual. And that was devastating, of course. It broke my mom's heart, and she she went through a really hard time. She went through a, a deep depression. She felt like no one understood her. She felt like, who who's going to understand what I'm going through? Even my husband doesn't understand. And, that, of course, that was the enemy. We all know that. So she was praying one day. Now, you got to think. Now, this is when I was 12 or 13, so this was a long, long time ago. So there was this lady that wrote this book. Many of you may know her. Her name was uh, Barbara Johnson. She is an author. She has passed away now. She's gone to be with the Lord. She was an awesome woman. And she writes really funny books. Well, believe it or not, my mom was reading one of her books. And her, uh, her, um, her son was also homosexual. Okay? And she was in her office one day, my mom was, and she was like, Lord, I just feel like if I could talk to Barbara Johnson, she would know exactly what I need to know. She would tell me exactly what I need to hear. And, but she lives like, I think she lived in California, and she had a name of a ministry. I can't even remember the name of the ministry. And this was back before cell phones, and she pulled out, you know, the book, the Yellow Pages, back in the old days, you know. And she's like, I can't even find anything. There's nothing in here. Like, and she could have stopped right there. Okay, she could have just said, you know, it's not in this. I'm not going to find it. It's okay. I'll just keep carrying on. Well, then she decided to call the information number. And I got this phone for a reason because this is, brings you back to when it was. Okay, this is a long time ago. Back when these were attached to the wall. Okay, and it had a little string. This one doesn't have its string right now. Uh, mine was really long and all curled up because we would walk all over the house and talk on the phone, okay? So, so she called information and said, um, I am trying to find a Barbara Johnson that lives in this city, and I don't even know where to start. So the information people can only give you three names. Because there's, like there's like hundreds Barbara Johnsons. That's like... You know, y'all know how it is. If you look up one name, there's millions of them, right? And like, how do you, mm, this one, okay? There's no way of knowing. So they gave her three, and she wrote them down. And so she picks up the phone, do-do-do, and she calls, and she gets a voicemail. So she leaves it, and she's like, hello, this is Carmen. And um, if you're the Barbara Johnson that is an author and has this ministry, will you please call me? And then she hangs up. And then she went, oh, I didn't leave my phone number. <laughs> so she picks back up the phone, and she's like, this is Carmen again, and if this is you, um, this is my phone number. Will you please call me back? And then she hangs up. So after that, she's like, I am an idiot. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I cannot believe it. This is crazy. And she didn't call any other number after that. She's like, I'm giving up. This is not going to be it. I'm just, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm just lost my ever-loving mind. So a day goes by, and again, I'm going to remind you, we didn't have cell phones on our hip. If you missed a call, guess what? You missed a call. You might get a message on your voicemail, and by chance, she was home, and the phone rings, and she picks it up, and she's like, hello? She's like, is this Carmen? I said, Yes. This is Barbara Johnson, the author, the author. When my mom told me that, I got chill bumps because 
God knew what my mom was going through. And out of the hundreds of Barbara Johnsons that could have called her, and the only one she reached out to was the one she needed. And they spent hours on the phone encouraging, lifting each other up, helping my mom through this. So when I tell you that pray for that person that you need in your life at that time, God will provide He will go the extra mile. He will find that one in the million. I mean, that's like finding a needle in a haystack. And even harder because it was even back before cell phones. And she could have missed the call. You know, it's just, I mean, so many variables could have happened. So, if you are that younger woman, do you have a willing heart to hear what the people who are older than you and have gone through trials before you? Are you willing to listen? It's important. Like I said earlier, this society that we live in is one of, I don't need any help. I don't need you. I got this. I can do it. Now, I'm going to challenge you older women. Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to teach the younger generation? Are you willing to be a little vulnerable for them? Encourage them. Be there for them. Because it takes your willingness to pour into someone else's life. And if you don't have that person in your life, and you need a mentor, or you need someone to mentor, then I encourage you to pray for her. God will lead you to the right person. Wherever she is, whatever journey you are on, or whatever journey that person's on, God will have you cross paths. But you got to be looking for it. You got to be seeking for it. You got to want it here so that God can use you. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more story. This is don't let your past dictate your future. So, one of my stories is growing up in a church that was my home church. And um, to kind of give you the setting, we had the church. And there was a dirt road, and behind the church was where my pastor lived, and we were the neighbors. We lived right by the pastor, and there was no one else that really lived out there. So I pretty much grew up behind the church that I grew up in. And my pastor and his wife and their two kids was like my family. I mean, they were like my brothers and sisters, and they were like my second mom, my second dad. My dad was a truck driver, so anytime I needed help, I went to my pastor because he was like my second father. Well, um, as time went on, me and my husband met, and um, my husband just kept feeling uneasy, like something's just not right. I didn't see it. I was very gullible. I, and, but when you're in it, when you're in the situation, a lot of times you can't see it until someone shows you. That's just how it is. So, unfortunately, the pastor that, um, that I was under had an affair, years before, and I didn't know about it. It was when I was little, and when I did find out about it in my older age, I was crushed because, unfortunately, I did kind of set him up here really high because he was just, he's very charismatic. He was very, um, like, he could say no wrong, you know, in my eyes growing up. So when I heard about what he had done, my heart was broken, and I'm thinking, Lord, you know, why didn't you let me see this? 
if I had known this, I would have moved on. I went, I would have had a different pastor. I mean, you know, all those, well, but this, or I could have, and I would have. And, and then later on down the road, he ended up having other affairs. And, and he was still, and, and I never understood why the church wouldn't grow. I would always work hard, invite people to church, and I worked in the youth, and the church just wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. And my heart was broken. I was promised the world, you are going to be the next great youth pastor, and you're going to get this ministry. And, and he didn't, he, he gave it to other people. And I was really, really hurt. So me and my husband moved to Arkansas, and I was broken. And I, I needed God to help heal me, to realize that people are going to fail me, you know. Now, I'm in my 20s at this time. When I say that, it sounds so far away, so long time ago. Uh, those of you who know, I just turned 40. I don't mind saying it. But anyway, um, thanks to my husband who encouraged me and my heavenly father who helped me, we went to a church here in Arkansas, and we had pastors, Pastor Andrew Asen. They were amazing. They helped me put faith in God again and to know that it's that man will fail you. And I had a choice. I could have made excuses of why I did not need to serve the Lord, why I was hurt, why I was broken. I will never trust anybody. I could have left church. I, I'm, at times I felt like, you know, what does church have to offer me? If, if every person I'm going to meet, I'm not going to be able to trust them, right? I could have just said, I'm done. I'm hanging this up. But God had other decisions for me, and he helped me. And he said, no, I have a plan for you. And through much time of, of praying and trusting God and believing him, and even all through the stages that we've gone through, I knew that my Heavenly Father was never going to leave me. He was always going to be there for me. And I didn't want to be an excuse maker. I didn't want to make excuses of why I, I, I mean, I had every right to, but that doesn't mean that's what we should do. So don't let your past things that have happened in your life, don't let it affect what God has for your future. Because he's got great things for us. He's got great things for you, no matter where you are. So I don't know where you are with the Lord. I don't know where your life is or your, your spiritual life is. But I do know that God, he wants you. He doesn't want you to do life alone. My example, he does not want you to be alone. He has a support group out there for you. Let God guide you. If you relate to any of the moms represented in our little theater this morning, or even any of the Bible, the women in the Bible, I ask you, do you need to give your life over to Jesus? Do you need to rededicate your life to him? Do you need to say goodbye to the past and Lord, show me my future? Just as we said in the theater, where are you with God? That's the question we all have to ask ourselves. So if everyone would please close your eyes, bow your heads, take a minute to search your heart, and you have to say, like I did one day, Lord, I put my past behind me, and I put you before me, and I ask you to bring me a mentor. Or Lord, if I am not at that place, God, bring someone in my life that I can be a mentor to. 
And Lord, if I'm not right with you and I need you, my first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to admit I am a sinner. That God, I'm nothing without you. I don't stand here and proclaim to be anything big or great. But God, I want you to use me. So please, I ask you, Lord, forgive me for anything that would come in between us. I don't want anything to stand in my relationship with you, Father. And I believe that you are the Son of God. You did die on the cross for my sins. And I ask you right now, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. Be my everything. I cannot do this life alone. And if you need to pray that prayer in your heart, take time to pray it. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Because he can be your heavenly father. He does want a relationship with you.